This world has become so corrupt as I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand, talking to it or looking at it. And I'm about to go crazy, literally. I'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart. Let's, let's, not, get, let's not get into blood and guts because, because that's what you're trying to get into. Come on, fumble butts. Bam, motherfucker! It'll be a miracle if this tape ever is permitted to become knowledge that could spread across the world to even give individuals a chance to know what we have to say. Oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. You heard all the irreverent bullshit, and today is a bonus episode. Jordan, Jordan making his directorial debut here. I know, I'm excited. On the podcast. And today, I'm Adam, and you are Cody. I am. And you are the director, Jordan. You're not lying. Fuck. Yeah! All right, kids. All right, Jordan. I'm uh, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm uh, handing it over to you, pal. All righty. So this bonus episode, it's not about a serial killer or anything. A little bit of a lighter topic. Yes. Well, we, you you can't confirm if he has or has not killed anybody. We can't right? confirm. Actually, that's very true. <laughs> As you'll find out, I may be disproven. But this bonus episode is about a local piece of folklore. It is Peppy the Lake Pepin Monster. Yes. Down in, you know, Lake Pepin is along the Mississippi, Red Wing, uh, Lake City, Maiden Rock area down there. Maiden in my Rock. opinion, one of the most beautiful routes you can drive on. It is. Oh, awesome. love it. Certainly. Right down uh, 61. 61. That's 61. right. That's right. Go through Newport, go through St. Paul Park, and then Hastings, Hastings. and then bam, you're just, on the way. Yep. Don't don't exit off that highway, and you'll get there. Damn right. Oh, yeah. So, all of my info for this book was taken from the book Peppy, the Lake Monster of the Mississippi River, nice by joke. Chad Lewis and Noah Voss. Now, you said about these fellas. They're well, good good authors. Yeah, they, they have a lot of information, but, and did their research, but my God, are they... Self-centered, I guess. They like to stroke their own ego. There's also a third guy who put a chapter in here that isn't listed on the cover, but... Wow. Wow. No, it's basically, like, Chad and Noah essentially alternate chapters, and, you know, I got through the book. It was a very, very hard read. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to bring it next week just to have these two read through Ooh. it because it's not long but just be like dude try and deal with this fucking thing Def i'm into it i i love these stupid self-published books these two sound like 90 percent of the other crypto zoologists people who get just obsessed with these creatures oh, yeah. and whatnot and they just like they're the expert nobody else anyway yeah it's insane so the main sightings of peppy are mainly in lake city minnesota Nice little river town, and they occur in Lake Pepin, obviously, as I've said, which is not far from Red Wing, but sightings have been reported from Maiden Rock, Wisconsin, all the way down to Wabasha, Minnesota, roughly a 30-mile stretch of the river. Hmm. We'll get to that later, but before we get started, you know, kind of give everybody a quick little history lesson on Lake Pepin and Peppy. Let's go. Him I'm or in. herself. Hmm. Yeah, we don't know the gender. Yes. Well, and I never heard of this thing until uh, Jordan brought it up the other week. So It's uh, Nessie's, like, cousin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say her but... Yeah. And Chad and Noah Welcome have done... Welcome to my world. <laughs> no, Chad and Noah, the, the authors of the book, have done, like, expeditions to Loch Ness to try and find Nessie. Damn! So, Damn! That's no, tough. I think they've self-published, like, 11 books. Dude, cool. when, I, when I went to uh, Scotland all those years ago, I wanted to go to Loch Ness so bad, but it's... On, like, the very, very northern tip. Oh, yeah. And where we were in Edinburgh, it was, like, another six-hour train ride just to get up there. And it was six hours from London just to get to uh, Edinburgh. So, I was like, yeah, I'm not fucking and doing that. to basically go see a lake. Yeah, basically. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, early history of Lake Pepin. As a lake on a river, Lake Pepin, or as it is also known, the Lake of Tears... <laughs> Yeah, is a bit of a geological oddity. Lake Pepin owes its existence to not the Mississippi River, 
but rather to the Chippewa River. Hmm. This is because it was formed by sediment buildup from the mouth of the Chippewa that forms a delta that obtrudes into the Mississippi. Hell yeah! At roughly 22 miles long and nearly 2 miles wide, it is the largest lake on the Mississippi. Its sheer size helps it function as a flowing border between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Awesome. So that's kind of how Lake Pepin came to be and, you know, the geological... Is part of it in Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yep. So it's essentially that part of the river is Lake Pepin because there's like a very small outlet on one side that passes through. I thought that was like the weirdest thing that basically the river becomes a lake temporarily, then goes back to a river again. They have one of those in Austin too, Texas. Oh, yeah. Lake Travis. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, they're, they're not common by any means, but it's not like they never happen. Cool. I believe there's... I did the research and can't remember and didn't put in, like, the outline or anything. There's, like, three or four more along the Mississippi, so. Cool. Now, but Pepin is by far the biggest. Question. When they give something the name, like, the Lake of Tears, I, all I can think of is when they name a, a lake after where they eradicated Native yeah. Americans at. It's gotta I be. don't know if that's why you they call what? it that, but. It's gotta be. We're, we're gonna get into some of that. All right. Cool, cool. So. The very first people to recognize the natural resources of the lake were the mysterious mound builders between 600 and 1500 A.D. Mormons. Very little is known about their civilization, only what has been gleaned through archaeological and anthropological studies of the mounds they left behind. Thought to be sacred burial grounds and often constructed in the shapes of animals and birds when viewed from overhead... They are believed to be the ancestors of Native Americans. Wow. So a and, super ancient people. Yeah. Well, in, <laughs> super Native you know, Americans. Here in St. Paul, we have some burial mounds up in Mounds Park mm-hmm. and whatnot. And mm, That's why it's called Mounds Park. Yes. Uh, right on Mounds Boulevard, you can actually see, like, the ancient burial mounds. That's, cool. that's fucking sick. Yep, they're, like, gated off and whatnot. Like, you can't go on them. Actually, I seen a, went to a burial mound like tour in around um, Prairie du Chien. Uh, what's the, what's right across the bridge from Prairie du Chien? Have you ever been to Prairie du Chien? Um, it's Minnesota still. Then you cross the bridge and it's Prairie du Chien. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. It's really cool though, because it's just mass graves basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's, that's what cool. they're thought to be. Yeah. Now moving on to the people who the mountain builders are thought to be the ancestors for. The Native Americans. Here we go. So, for generations, Native people lived in harmony with the lake due to its abundance of natural resources. Throughout the early to mid-1800s, a series of treaties would slowly force tribes from their lands. In 1830, as part of the Treaty of Prairie du Chien... Oh, it's all coming full circle, Cody. How about that shit? Many tribes agreed to land session, further diminishing their hunting grounds. Mm. However, many Did of the... they really agree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they agreed to this. So, from the sounds of what these people write about, you know, it was actually a peaceful thing in okay. this area. All okay. Right. So, but many of the chiefs of the local tribes were well-respected in the community, so a large number of natives stayed in the area and shared peaceful relationships with the white pioneers. So much as to tell them of things lurking in deep in the waters of the lake. Fuck. Here we go. For decades before any permanent settlements were established by pioneers, Lake Pepin was a hot spot for adventurous explorers, ambitious fur traders, and driven missionaries. Hell yeah. Love missionaries. Oh yeah. (laughs) Though sporadic and fleeting, these excursions would lay the groundwork for the influx of white folks that would inevitably follow. Gentlemen. Yes. Fur traders. When I think of fur traders, all I can think of is Tom Hardy and, uh... In, uh the uh, Revenant. The Revenant. Oh, yeah. He was so fucking awesome in that movie. He was. I love Tom Hardy. He's so good. Brad loves him, too. I remember... Yeah. I went to that movie. It came out in, like, the dead of winter. It was, like, one of the coldest fucking nights when I seen that movie. And he's cold the whole fucking movie. And then the second you leave the theater, you're colder because he was cold. It was just a You just feel that connection. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, that is horrible. And he slept inside a horse. That's oh, pretty yeah. rad. That's pretty <laughs> rad. Ripping off Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but 
By the early 1800s, numerous towns began to pop up along the mighty river. Now, Cody, this list might give you the one that's across the border from Prairie du Chien. Okay. Those towns, the big ones were Red Wing, Wabasha, those are both in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. Pepin, Wisconsin, Stockholm, Bay City, Reed's Landing, and Maiden Rock. And they all came to be to suit the needs of the ever-expanding commerce brought forth by the Mississippi River. Because as we know from A Tale of Minnesota Murder, right. episode 23, rivers were the highways. Exactly. Right. I think I think the name of the city was Marquette. Marquette? That I sounds think, right. I think it is, because yeah. that's where the Marquette boat is. It's either yep. that or I'm thinking of college basketball. <clears throat> that's exactly where I was going to go <laughs> with it. <laughs> Who knows? Who cares? There's <laughs> dead, in, dead Native Americans there. <laughs> but just just a couple or a few little fun facts for everyone now that we kind of established the geography and cities and everything about Lake Pepin. So, Lake City, Minnesota, it is actually officially recognized as the birthplace of water skiing. Wow. That's cool. Uh, Highway 61, like we said earlier, that winds along Lake Pepin, is considered one of the most scenic drives in America. Agreed. Yeah, we already exactly. talked about that. Yeah. That's beautiful. And the major motion picture, Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> Honestly, one of my childhood favorites Fuck grew yeah. up on it. So good. It was filmed in the town of Wabasha, Minnesota, just south of Lake City. Yeah. For the most part. There were some parts that were filmed in St. Paul at Halftime Wreck, like when they're sitting at the bar. Gotcha. But it was all filmed in Minnesota, primarily Wabasha. I'm pretty sure when I stayed here, I was in Lake City, technically. Yeah, Lake City is a very big tourist Tourist town. Tourist area, yeah. As we'll come to find out. All right. Now, a little more about the surrounding area, mainly Maiden Rock. Uh, because that is going to come into play for some of the sightings and everything that I'm going to tell everyone about. Cool. So, that's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, so, now, the original population of mound builders and natives, uh, because of them, the area is obviously rich in folklore. Mm. And the tale of Maiden Rock adds into the superstitious-slash-paranormal-slash-zyptocryptozoological... Uh, I. <laughs> Fuck that up again. Awesome. Uh, Theme of Peppy and, you know, might have some kind of an effect on the area as a whole. You know what's sad? I actually looked up if I could go to college to be a zipto-cryptozoologist. We're both doing the same thing. Dude, it's such a fucking goofy word. Well, a cryptozoologist, I thought that because I love cryptoids or whatever, but obviously it's like. You have to be on TV and shit to actually get into all that, because it's not a real study. Unless you're these people, of course. Yeah. I wanted to be a big, burly, Bigfoot boy. Yeah? That'd be my TV show, Big Burly, Bigfoot Boy. I love the alliteration. (laughs) You know, I want to do some... I want to do a Bigfoot series, you know. I love Granted, if the fans want us to. Hey, let us know. If you guys would like me to do a uh, Bigfoot series, let us know. You... Have obviously listened. If you haven't, here the contact info will go through at the end of it. You bet your ass. Uh, let me know because I am a cryptozoological fucking nut. You and my mother, she loves Bigfoot. Really she loves them, yeah, dude. When they were in Arkansas, they uh, stayed in a town where the Sasquatch Festival was going on. Awesome. Oh fuck yes. <laughs> but anyway, back to the story. Here we go. So we're talking about Maiden Rock and the tale of Maiden Rock. So. What is Maiden Rock? It is a 400-foot high bluff on the Wisconsin side of the river, barely north of Lake Pepin. Uh, I've driven past it multiple times. It's actually a super cool, like, natural formation to see. It's impressive. Sounds fucking huge. It, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Yep. But there is the tragic tale of Maiden Rock, and it goes as follows... A lovesick young Native American woman named Princess Winona, Winona being a firstborn female, was smitten with her one true love. Oblivious to her wishes and desires, Winona's family and friends coldly arranged for her to be married off to a man she despised. Rather than spend her life trapped in a loveless arrangement, the young Winona sought refuge from her pain and heartbreak 
Distraught and overcome with melancholy, the maiden rushed to the precipice of the 400-foot cliff and dove off, finally finding relief from her pain as her body smashed into the rocks below. <sighs> yep. That is... This is like you know, a, something that's been passed down for a very long time through oral and, you know, actually written history and reports. Tale as old as time. Yeah. Love sick suicide. And, you know, to this day, people actually, like, driving by or boating by, they still report seeing a young woman jumping off of the cliff. Don't tell me that. And then, you know, before she hits the ground, she just disappears. Hmm. Well, did they confirm, like, at least Princess Winona was a real person? So, Princess Winona, uh, it's kind of just a general term used mm. because the Native Americans didn't know the term princess, but she they was... They weren't a monarchy. <laughs> yeah. It's basically... I mean, she was basically, like, the daughter of a chief or a high-ranking elder. Mm. Firstborn and, female. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, you know, I left a lot of info out on that, just kind of got the basics of the story, sure. but... That's not who we're here to see. No. Exactly. She actually, from what I've heard, fell in love with, like, a white settler and whatnot, and they wanted John to be like... Smith. Yes. I was going to say, it, this is like the dark is version a, of Pocahontas <laughs> right now. Pretty much <laughs> is what it is. But, yeah. Sure. I mean, that's the basic gist of it. Woman, you know, a nice young lady getting arranged against her will to spend her life with someone she hated, and, you know... Now, if it was Brad's... He could have prevented this with a big dick in it. I was going oh, to yeah. say, this is Pocahontas if she was a teenage girl who grew up listening to Druid albums. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. She had we a gothic are, makeup on. We are real sad boys. <laughs> but boys, you know what it's time for? What? It is time for Peppy. Yes. Ooh. We're finally getting into what we're here for. Our beloved lake monster Peppy. Let's do it. Now. Let's do it. The book I mentioned earlier, uh, to research this, it contains plenty of information, but there are by no means extravagant amounts of information. A lot of authors stroking their own cocks, as you were telling mm -hmm. us. Yep. And just kind of the sightings and reports that, you know, they were able to gather up. So, as mentioned earlier, the very first reported sightings of Pepe come from the Native Americans who inhabited the area. The only downside to this is that all of their information was passed down orally because the Native Americans did not use written languages. Right. Savages. That being said, <laughs> that tradition has not hampered the formation of a wide variety of Native legends surrounding the lake and Pepe. Sure. You know what's amazing, though? I'm sure you probably read this in the book that, okay, obviously Pepe comes from Natives, um, Bigfoot comes from Natives. Uh, there's a lot of sea serpents, especially with, like, Canadian tribes that come yep. from natives. I think, who's the other big one? Uh, the Skinwalker. Mm. Oh, Skinwalkers. I, I mm. want to do them so bad. Mm. It's cool. The local tribes around Lake Pepin always exhibited a healthy fear of the lake due to their belief of something of immense size roaming the waters with a deadly intent. <laughs> Whenever canoes were capsized, tribesmen went missing or an unfortunate drowning occurred, tribal elders were quick to place blame directly on the serpent. Eventually, they warned that only the strongest dugout canoes could be used to navigate the lake because they greatly increased, greatly increased chances of survival if being attacked by the deadly creature. I think he just wanted to play beach volleyball with him. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't realize how big he was. Yeah. <laughs> Like a oh, dog. a ball smack? <laughs> oh no, my poor friends are drowning. <laughs> They're never going to play ball. Wait, Wait get into my mouth. <laughs> Wait, you guys can't swim for three hours? Are you going to hold your breath for three hours like I can? <laughs> now, much like Cody said, these natives weren't alone in their belief of a sea monster on their waters. Many other tribes throughout the Midwest and, you know, basically the continental U.S. and Canada, which is where the natives were. Mm hmm had verily similar tales about sea serpents that they often greeted settlers with, just to kind of be like, hey, fucking be Don't careful over there. there. Watch right. yourself. And that, in turn, probably started the entire Pepe phenomenon. Sure. Those are all, there's plenty of passed-down stories of the natives seeing Pepe and everything. Now we can move on to actual documented sightings of Pepe. Yeah. 
this is, you know, obviously the chunk of what we're talking about. The very first documented sightings date back to August of 1867. So this shit goes back a ways. Oh, Four yeah. years after the Great Sioux Massacre of Minnesota. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's from an unknown newspaper and simply tells of a party of raftsmen from St. Louis yeah. who encountered an unknown aquatic beast while cruising through the lake. That's all that's written about it. So, you know. I believe it already. It's it's documented, and that's about all we can say. Well, if they were from St. Louis. That's a and, long track. Bro. And, yeah, that's a very long track. But if they had never been to the area. And they see a fucking strange aquatic beast. Mm, you know what oh I mean? Yeah. That adds some credence to this story. Yep. In April of 1871, we get our first de- uh, we get our first detailed account of what we know as Peppy. Living curiosity was the headline from the April 26, 1987 edition of the Wabasha County Sentinel. I mean, most of those. I mean, almost. Almost. <laughs> That's a Wabsha County. It's 1871. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just kidding. But uh, the article details... No, 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 no. Oh. You, gotta, you gotta do the date again. Oh, did you I You said 1987. <laughs> 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 Much different time. Okay. Was the headline from the April 26th, 1871 edition of the Wabasha County Sentinel. Mm. The article details the story of Giles Hyde... <laughs> And C. Page Bonnie. That's some Old West names oh, right there. Oh, yeah. Who claimed to have spotted some sort of sea monster in the waters of Lake Pepin, somewhere between Wabasha, Minnesota, and Stockholm, Wisconsin. They reported that the creature was between... The size of an elephant and a rhinoceros. <laughs> and even with its great size, it was able to glide through the water with... Great rapidity. The paper added further mystery to the sighting by claiming the same creature had been had been seen on one or two different occasions, although no specific dates or times were given. Are we sure C. Page wasn't just talking about Gil's uh, penis? I mean, oh, you know, if, if you're on the river for a while, <laughs> you never know. Curiosity. I mean, he might have just dipped in for a swim and been like, oh no, sea serpent. <laughs> What's this floating out of the water, C-Page? I don't know. It's some sort of creature. All I know is it's... Oh my god, it has a giant head on it. (laughs) He should be concerned why the rest of his penis is green, though. (laughs) But something to keep in mind with all of these early sightings is that at the time, they had a general lack of knowledge about the inhabitants of the lake. That absence of scientific knowledge is displayed by the Wabasha County Sentinel. In the same article, they claimed... The lake is known to be very deep. Whales might even live in it. (laughs) But this is not likely a whale. The question is, what is it? Yeah, and uh, the funny thing... The crazy thing is, the deepest part of Lake Pepin, uh, they had it in the book, I believe, is about 40 feet deep. Yeah, you're not getting a whale in there. No. <laughs> so. Sorry, cuz. That's not working. You know, gotta hold that grain of salt in your mind here in these early sightings. But it's 1871. Yeah, Throw they, a fucking ruler down there. They just didn't know shit. Simple as that. I hate you, 1871. Well, if they're coming people. from St. Louis on a raft, I'm sure they don't have the best technology right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we know we can go on water, and that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the next sighting, it was tucked away in the middle of a column of local stories from the July 14th, 1875 edition of the Pierce County Herald. There were two accounts of something quite odd lurking in Lake Pepin. The article details... A monster of some kind has been seen in Lake Pepin at two different times within the last few weeks. Strangely, the first sighting of the creature lacks any real description, stating only that it was seen opposite of Lake City. Mm. The second write-up, on the other hand, has a bit more detail. This sighting took place on Thursday, July 8th, as a local gentleman, Mr. Hewitt, and two young boys were guiding their skiff from Mm. Lake City to Wakuda. I mean, that's probably where he can't get tried for fucking young boys, but... Statutory? Yeah. Oh, he, you didn't say he was a Catholic bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Priest Hewitt. Now, 
They were nearing the halfway point, and the group noticed a dark, strange-looking object rise out of the water. Mm. Whatever the creature was, it was big. It rose over six feet out of the water where it remained long enough to be seen distinctly. Hell That's yes. like That would be like me standing on top of the water. That's mm-hmm. so fucking metal. Mm-hmm. A few... Other newspapers ran the story, and one of them, the semi-weekly Wisconsin, postulated on the creature's identity by stating, An eel, four feet long and weighing five and three-quarter pounds, was recently caught on Lake Pepin. I did it like that because it's a Wisconsin publication, and people from Wisconsin have no teeth. Hey. I'm just hey. kidding. I'm gonna, that, that was funny. <laughs> now, what I actually said was, An eel, four feet long and weighing five and three-quarters pounds, was recently caught in Lake Pepin. Which, that's actually a very big freshwater eel. Fuck. Like, yes. gigantic. They sh- normally do not grow anywhere near that size. Are we sure this wasn't just a large BM floating in the water? <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I've pushed a few of those out <laughs> in the past few weeks. None were six feet long, though. <laughs> not quite. But shortly after this, sightings of not only Peppy but other lake and river monsters across the U.S. seem to disappear entirely until the later half of the 20th century. Damn. Whether that is due to a loss of interest or people not reporting sightings is unknown. And, you know, during that time, a lot of the paranormal stuff kind of fell off, so... Well, you could prove more things now. (laughs) Exactly. And it could just be, you know, people not wanting to risk their reputation. Sure. Because back then it was all about, this guy's a stand-up guy, but yeah. he saw this, so he's fucking crazy. He's so a crock. People very well could have just not reported it for fear of that. Maybe Peppy was in hibernation or something. Oh, I mean, or he just got better possible. at hiding, maybe. Oh. And finally realized he was a giant snake and mm-hmm. can't play beach volleyball no. with humans. <laughs> and then got depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Went into, like... One of the sixty-year stay. He went in his little cave, turned on a druid album, and just kind of did whatever sad people do. Just cried salty <laughs> tears. I got. <clears throat> now a lot of peppy sightings happened during the summer months of the nineteen sixties. Numerous boaters and water skiers produced accounts of coming face to face with the monster. Unfortunately, I'm gonna call bullshit on a lot of this hmm. because. I went to research it. There were none in the books. I went online. I couldn't find anything. I think these authors probably just made that shit up. Ah, a little makeup. Because that kind of seems like the people they are. Hold on now. (laughs) There could be a correlation between the 1960s, seeing Peppy, and the epidemic of LSD. That's correct. True. So, you're tripping balls. You might see some sea serpents wandering around. (laughs) But regardless, we're not getting into any detail about those because no detail exists. Good. Mm. Fuck those authors. Now, on a sunny fall day around 1980, Wisconsin resident Chuck Stone decided to take his son and daughter out fishing on the shores of Lake Pepin. Awesome. Nice, wholesome family activity. Hell yeah. They found a nice little rock jetty near Pepin Marina and got settled for the day. Not long after they arrived, Mr. Stone noticed a few birds flying close to the water. As birds do. Mm. Out of nowhere, a large stovepipe-looking creature rose out of the water, snatched a bird out of midair, and then descended back into the lake. He estimated the creature to be roughly 10 to 12 inches in diameter, with a wide-open mouth. He also described the skin of it as gray and similar to an elephant, but not wrinkly. This corroborates with the with the earlier sighting. Yes, it does. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> I, mean, I was trying. To, I was like, "Are we sure this?" Is? I was like, "Are we?" Sure? In my head, I was thinking, "I was like, are we sure we're not thinking of Don Wrinkle coming out of the water?" Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Not Don Wrinkles. <laughs> I can't remember his fucking name. Anyway, so the next big sighting of Peppy. It comes in the summer of 1983. It was a Sunday, no exact date, exact dates given, but 14-year-old Shelly Shimbino and her brother Adam, they decide to head out for a day of water skiing because, you know, Lake City, it's where it was founded. Hell yeah. And at some point in their day, something happened that is still imprinted in his mind. 
Adam recounted the story for the TV show Monsters and Mysteries in America. According to him, their day of boating was going just fine until Shelley f- began frantically yelling that there was some type of huge monster in the lake with her. When he noticed how distraught his sister looked, he immediately snatched her out of the water and booked it to the shore. Man, her foot hit a piece of seaweed. It was Don Rickles. <laughs> it was Don Rickles. <laughs> God damn it, Don Rickles. Stop swimming around Lake Pepin. <laughs> you old crotchety fuck. But... In a 2008 interview with the Washington Post Bulletin, Shelley recalled casually floating around waiting for her brother to take off and pull her up on her skis when she spotted something large break the water right next to her and that it didn't look like a fish at all. From that day, she vowed to never enter the lake again and she has kept that vow. Good. Hey, you can respect that. Hell that's, yeah. uh, that's a long time to not go in that beautiful lake. Lakes oh, yeah. are, lakes are kind of gross. Kind of. If yeah. I'm being honest. It's all greeny and there's yeah, but shit I love floating them. at me. I will, oh, yeah. I will still hop right and in that shit. There's brain eating amoebas in there. Chiggers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Come oh. on, Ed. <laughs> oh, shit. This is an Alabama. <laughs> I, I hate talking about them because it's always like, oh, God, it sounds so close. <laughs> <laughs> now. We're going to move on to a little incident simply titled the 1987 photo. The Durand Courier Wedge published a photo on December 3rd, 1987 with the headline Proof Positive that claimed to be conclusive proof that the sea monster in Lake Pepin was real. The photo shows what appears to be a hunched creature extending its neck out of the water with Maiden Rock in the background. The caption accompanying the photo claims it was taken by an anonymous shutterbug while viewing swans in the Maiden Rock area. Which, sir, why are you taking pictures of swans? Yeah, exactly. What Who are the, we doing here? I know bird watchers, but you you can go to any zoo Plus, and see swans. Swans are cocks, dude. Yeah, mean. Territorial. Maybe that's why you wanted to look at them. They're just as big bullies. of assholes as fucking geese. Oh yeah. <laughs> the photo was forwarded to the paper by a. Gene S. Diplodocus. <laughs> okay. Diplodocus being a type of long-necked dinosaur. Who works with a non-existent group. I-S-E-N-I-T. <laughs> I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. Oh, shit. So, totally that. believable. <laughs> no, I mean, and they went into more detail in the book. It it basically came out that this picture was a hoax. Okay. Oh, they're pretty clever trolls, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, no, especially for 1987, like, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah. You're doing it. Now, we're moving into the early aughts. 90s didn't hold a lot for Peppy. But in 2003, this uh, character, Mr. Larry Nielsen, Hmm. shows up. And nobody in the area of Lake Pepin would hesitate to say that he knows more about Lake Pepin and just everything about the area than him. Mm. And that's probably due to the fact that he captains the Pearl of the Lake. Mm. It is a big, like, replica paddle boat that he gives tours of the lake on. I think I've seen this thing. Yeah, and he's been doing it for a very long time. And If you look out to the west, you might be able to see Don Rickles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this next event, it is not the last we're going to hear of Captain Nielsen. Cool. So in August of 2003, he was spending the day on the lake in one of his own personal boats. Like, not the uh, Pearl of the Lake. Mm. He was just having a nice day to himself. Mm. And then he noticed, well, I should say, the surface of the lake was as smooth as glass. Mm. Which is very weird for Lake Pepin. Sure. It's a choppy lake. Yes, it is. But all of a sudden, a huge wake appeared on the lake. And being nearly three feet high and 200 feet long, he knew whatever was responsible for the wake under the surface had to be massive. Hell yeah, with that much surface water yep. displacation, like, goddamn. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a big thing people have said about, like, some of these wakes that are seen... Is like, oh, it's just the wind and whatnot, which, yes, it does happen, and you get crosswakes, but crosswakes do not get to three feet high and 200 feet long. No. Now, That's something moving under the surface. You surf. have to yes. consider 
when uh what's the phenomenon where like uh there'll be not necessarily a cave under the water but like something like that and it collapses and then the the air comes oh, shooting yep. up i forgot what that's called but it's, is that going to be 200 feet long that's we I mean, don't there, know. There's a lot of stuff that could possibly be it, but... Humans cannot we're, go... We're going to get to a little bit of that. Humans cannot go 40 feet deep in no, water, so... No, yeah, nobody yeah. nobody knows what's down there. Go get the bends. There could be giant squid down there. <laughs> yeah. There could be Barack Obama's birth certificate <laughs> down there. We don't know. Could be Don Rickles. <laughs> yeah. It's probably but Don he Rickles. Can go, he can go down that deep. <laughs> that documentary about him, Waterworld, if you guys have ever seen it. <laughs> Now, just about a year later, in August of 2004, Steve Raymond, another Lake City resident, was heading out for a day of crappie fishing with a friend, and he had just gotten a fancy new digital camera, and he had that around his neck, but he was hoping to shoot some reference pictures of his friend for his watercolor painting. Cool. It was just a passion project and hobby of his. You know, you know what it, I was going to say? You know what it was? He just watched Titanic that day, and he's trying to break out of his boy's friend zone. <laughs> Take a picture of him, draw him naked with watercolors oh, later yeah. in the night. Oh, yeah. We got you figured out, Steve Ray. Next time you're, or the next scene, you're in a Ford Model T <laughs> below the deck, and <laughs> those windows are foggy. Now, they were about halfway between City Point and Central Point when Raymond spotted what he thought was just a big old tree floating in the water, which would have been completely normal had it been spring. And all the floodwaters from up north, like where we are, were coming down the river. But this was August. There shouldn't be trees and debris floating. You'd hope not. Yep. Now, looking to avoid a crash, Raymond pointed the tree out to his friend, who quickly replied, That's not a tree. It's moving. From their position, Raymond could only make out the front portion of the creature, whose long neck and humped body extended a good 20 feet out of the water. Wow. I'm guessing he means 20 feet along the surface that it was out, not 20 feet in the air. Not erect. <laughs> Luckily, Raymond was quick on his feet and snapped a few pictures of the creature Ooh. before it descended back into the murky depths. Clever. He has released one of those pictures. Uh... And he has hinted in multiple interviews, including the Murders and Mysteries in America TV show, because he was on there, that he has multiple pictures that are clearer, but he refuses to release them. He wants to get paid or what? No. I don't know what it is. They're not real. His friend's looking really cute in the foreground, and he is nobody's seeing those except for him. My eyes only. (laughs) So, Mr. Raymond, if you actually do have those... Release them. Come on, dude. Come on the podcast. We'll you do could claim... Oh, I can't say that yet. We're not there. What? Oh, yeah. it must be a spoiler for future parts of the story. Mm. Yes. Now, on July 8th, 2008, a motorist was passing through Lake City when something abnormal in the water caught their eye. Curious, they pulled off to the side of the road and got a better view of what appeared to be a 30 to 40 foot long aquatic creature swimming upstream against the powerful current. Now, I mean, the Mississippi has a hell of a fucking current. (laughs) To see something going the opposite way, that's that's going to raise some eyebrows. That's going to make me pull over and fucking look at it. And then, you know, we're, we're about to go back to our new friend, Captain Nielsen. Hell yeah. Dennis Nielsen, fuck you. Fuck now, off. this time it's summer of 2009. He's driving along Highway 61 in Lake City on his way to the docks. While he was driving, his eyes were drawn towards the lake, much like most motorists. Every time I drive through, I'm constantly looking over, catching glances. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. But what he noticed was what appeared to be a 15 to 20 foot submerged log moving in the river. But there was something odd about this log. It was moving upstream. Again. Yep. So two in about a year of something big moving upstream. And you know what? Generally, they can't do that. No, 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 no. Because logs aren't sentient beings. No, no. (laughs) They're not going to wiggle their log tail and get upstream. (laughs) Exactly. So he pulled to the side of the road like, shit, I got to get a fucking picture of this. But by the time he got to the shore... It was gone. Mm-hmm. Peppy was on to his ass. Yep. 
Now move just a month later, <clears throat> on Labor Day weekend of 2009, mm-hmm. Heidi Fryer and her crew set out to Lake Pepin to work on a documentary about Pepe. Cool. Fryer, a self-proclaimed armchair cryptozoologist, became intrigued by Pepe because of the lure of a $50,000 reward oh, yeah. for conclusive evidence that Pepe exists. Now, her and her crew were equipped with boats, diving gear, underwater cameras, and sonar when they set out. Okay. Wow. He ain't fucking around. No, they are trying to get that 50 Gs. So, first day they went out. It was a bright, clear day. Perfect for monster hunting. And you know what? They got a hit on sonar. Yeah. The estimated length was 30 to 35 feet, and it didn't resemble any fish cluster or school that they had ever seen before. Hell yes. Seeking to get a closer look at the object, scuba diver Corey... I'm, I think it's probably pronounced bro. I would I would go that. You think so? Yep. Th- yeah, it's like, French as fuck. Uh, Alright, all right, bro. Seeking to get a closer look at the, the object, scuba diver Corey Bro suited up and went in. He's dead. Now we're not saying bro, B-R-O, it is B-R-E-A-U-L-T. Just for the listeners, bro's gonna be. Yo, it's just a bro who fucking some fucking lake monster. Must be an alpha Chad. He'd be like, check it out, Heidi. I'm going in after this son of a bitch. That's right. Look at my big dick power. (laughs) (laughs) Big dick energy. Big dick energy. (laughs) Corey, an experienced diver, knew the murky waters and the strong current of the Mississippi River would provide quite the challenge. But that's not what worried him. What worried him was the stories of other divers coming face-to-face with huge fish that filled him with trepidation. Mm -hmm. He reached a deeper point of the channel that was calmer, but still as murky, where he started feeling uneasy. Out of nowhere, a strange ringing noise pulsated through his ears, and that was also when he detected an unknown black object moving alongside him. Fuck. I know what this is. The object quickly changed direction and kicked up a powerful current. Suddenly, he found himself in the middle of a powerful underwater vortex. It's probably Don Rickles. (laughs) I was gonna say, this sounds like a Don Rickles move right here. But, that vortex was spinning him like a top as he frantically fought his way to the surface. Jesus. While Bro struggled below, Fryer and the rest of her crew caught sight of a large wave moving near their boats and stated, It's either Corey or Peppy. Something big. Mm, hell yeah. A few seconds later, Corey emerged in the opposite direction of the disturbance the crew had witnessed. And he was screaming, I've seen it! It's big! It's gotta be it! Get me out of this water! He would later go on to say that going back into Lake Pepin was something he never wants to do again. Wow! Yeah. That's no way to impress Heidi. No. He's back in the water, bro. Well, you know what? Heidi put her faith in him and he didn't come up and get the evidence for that $50,000. Which, we'll get to the details about the $50,000 reward. It seems like all their equipment, they might have blown the $50,000 before even getting it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that equipment's very cheap. I mean, to rent it would have been less, but... Sure. If, if Yeah, and I, and I bet you can rent all that shit. Sonar, mm. cameras, all that shit. Now, we're moving up. We're getting to the late aughts. This is October 2009. There's a man named Robert Gartlich. <laughs> Quite a last name. That's powerful. That's powerful. I want to lick his garch. His garlitch. He was sitting on the shore with a few of his friends when they noticed a ripple in the water about 30 yards out. At first glance, it looked as though a fish was just skimming the top of the water. Only, the fish was over 30 feet long. I don't know of any fish besides fucking whales, but they're not even fish. Sharks. Can there be 30 foot shark? I suppose. Yeah, great way. Yeah. Great way. It's big boys. Or the Meg. Oh, I think he's like 90 foot long. Fuck that thing. But the sighting not only changed Garlitch's views on Pepe, but he also owned a company that did pontoon tours of the lake. And up until he saw this, he used to just have a part of the tour where, you know, jump in the lake, have a quick little swim. After this, he put the kibosh on that shit. 
real quick. Dude. Smart business, man. That's yeah. honestly, before before he said he outlawed the jumping, that kind of <clears throat> makes a little bit of sense then. <laughs> now, once again, our old friend Captain Larry Nielsen Let's go. has another sighting. Uh-oh. Uh, and it wasn't him personally that side, but he was forwarded in a photo from an anonymous source that seems to show an odd creature swimming... And Maiden Rock is in the background. <laughs> That's about all the info on that one. But, you know, we got a few sightings with Maiden Rock in the back. Why, yeah. did, why do they always have to be anonymous? You think you'd be proud of this. Yeah, right. I would be proud as fuck. Be like, here's my name, address, phone number, email, all of that. Give me the 50K. Yeah. Unless they think, like, the government's going to come get them or something for a fucking lake monster. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. But, I mean, you know, there's, as we see here, there are a lot of different sightings you know mm-hmm. they all seem pretty consistent in yeah. the description about peppy that makes me think okay this might be a real thing so those are all the documented sightings uh this book came out in i believe 2011 uh larry nielsen mm. when he got the picture was 2010 okay uh see. just because of how hard the book was to read and i was like mm-hmm. fuck these guys i just want to get this done mm-hmm. uh, i have not looked into any more recent sightings hopefully there are some yeah uh, I personally am going to be driving through Lake City and the Lake Pepin area at the end of this month. And you know what? If I made a, a big point log. to take Friday off work so I can actually spend a few hours in Lake City. Attaboy. You know, maybe have myself some food, a couple beers, and, oh. you know, just kind of watch over the lake, see if I might see Peppy. And keep an yeah. eye out for that big log. Hell but yeah. I think I was there in 2013. And none, neither me or my family spotted him. I really yeah. wanted to. If you see any, like, signs or anything, definitely take pictures of those, too. Like, peppy signs. Oh, there's, or, like, oh, yeah. shirts yeah. and shit Yeah, I know. And there's, like, a bunch of different places where there are official, like, peppy checkpoints where if you think you have the evidence for the $50,000 reward, you bring it there. Uh, businesses have signs in their windows, like, peppy viewing spot kind of stuff. So. Cool. Cool. But, I mean, you know, we're not completely done with this story. I just kind of want to go into a little more stuff on it. Let's go. All right. The reward. That 50,000 reward that Amanda Fryer was searching for. Yeah. The Lake City Chamber of Commerce is the one, or the group, that offered it up. Now, how does a small river town in southern Minnesota just randomly come up with $50,000 to offer for... Proof of a lake monster. I'm sure everyone's dying to know. I, I would like to know where well, that... Well, I, I have a guess. Uh, what's it called when a uh, politician uses taxpayers' money? Don Rickles. <laughs> Don Rickles. <laughs> no, a oh, What do they pack. call that? Super pack. Oh, they have a name for it. A super pack. Is it just super pack? I thought someone starts the E. Escrow? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't but, matter. Anyway. Nope. It's offered up by Mr. Captain himself... Larry Nielsen. He's got 50K sitting around. Oh, dude, he owns a fucking crazy boat tour company. Yeah, he's got that sitting around. Yep. He yep. thinks he's fucking Mark That's Twain. probably like one week of business in the yeah. summer for him. But after all of the sightings and having seen it himself and all of that, he was like, fuck it, I'm putting the money up. I want to know if this thing is real. Not up or shut up. <laughs> and there's a couple stipulations. Number one. It must be clear, unquestionable proof that Peppy exists. A distant photo ain't going to cut it. It has to be like close-up picture kind of thing or, you know, maybe a scale or a piece of skin or something like that. And And number two. Peppy must not be harmed in any way. I feel like his dead carcass would be the best proof of evidence. Yeah, if you could harpoon him. Yeah. yeah. And I have a feeling if you got, okay, you get Peppy's body, Nick Cage will give you way over 50 grand to stuff that bad boy to put in his house. Hell That's yes. true. He loves that shit. <clears throat> now, the one little bit of research outside of the book I did do, to this day, the reward remains unclaimed. I did look it up. It is still out there. Is Mr. Nielsen still alive? Yes, he is. Okay. I mean, this was like 2010 or something. Hey, shit changes yeah, fast, you're right. bro. You're right, and that was eight yeah. years ago. I still think of it as like two when years I, when ago. When I yeah. hear anybody who earns the title captain, I just assume they're old, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And now, I mean, there's a 
there are things that could be misidentified for Peppy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. And, you like know, a log. like Don Rickle. <laughs> <laughs> there are thousands of different creatures, both water, land, whatever, that call the Lake Pepin area home. Now, some of the bigger ones that people have speculated on. Number one. The river otter. Well, obviously not the size of some of the claims that, you know, people make. They are certainly capable of creating ripples and wakes as they swim, especially, like, across it. Sure, and if there's more than one. Yeah. Right? And they're masters of the, what's the, the back float? Backstroke? Backstroke, yes. <laughs> back yeah. I did, are river otters native to Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, man. Are they? Yep. I did not know that. Number two. The beaver. Mm, While bigger than the river otter, they still don't match all of the criteria, obviously size-wise. Number three. Some people have said birds. To those people, I say, go fuck yourself. (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) Number four. The American eel. While it does fit the description of being serpent-like in some sightings... They grow nowhere near long enough. Like the one that the dude caught earlier in the report. Again, that is a gigantic American eel. Mm. Normally, they're only about two feet long, maybe three inches in diameter. Sure. Like, not big at all. Sure. Um, Number five. The snapping turtle. Now, they can grow to be very, big, very impressive sizes. Fuck them though. They're mean as fuck. Oh yeah. I gotta I gotta I They gotta... still don't grow to the size of the claims. But no. a nice thing is or something to, you know, give some hope is they can go underwater for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they might be swimming up and they could see a bird swimming by, like the dude with his kids, they could fucking pop. I got a, I got a little story about snapping turtles. Uh-oh. Okay. When I was a wee baby boy, we used to take our vacations up near Detroit Lakes slash Frazee up in yep. the northern parts of Minnesota. And I was a young kid, and I saw a turtle, but I was too scared to go close. So my grandpa, R.I.P. brother, he uh, he grabbed it. He was like, oh, look at it, look at it. And a thing came out and bit oh. the fuck out of my nose. <laughs> that guy threw that turtle so fucking far. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, you hurt the turtle. But my nose was bleeding like crazy. <laughs> Damn. I'm surprised you didn't have a scar or something. Those fuckers latch on you. Was it not very big? No, it was a little boy. Little boy. <clears throat> little boy for a little boy like me. Yep. I got an even better... So you're a gigantic little boy. A gigantic little boy. <laughs> I got an even better story about turtles, snapping turtles. Old, uh, our friend Josh. Oh, of course. Mascot. Did he find a Nazi I snapping ne- turtle? I never... <laughs> I'll never forget this. <laughs> on my parents' farm, he had like an old camper, right? He put it on their lot. That was like his little hangout, whatever. I know, white trash is fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Outside, they had a, uh, he had a little, um, uh, a tech, kind of an aquarium. It's just a big tin thing he filled with water. Well, there's like four turtles in there, right? They're like, Josh, why do you have all these turtles in here? Uh, he then killed them and made soup out of them. Mm. So he, he's <laughs> feeding them to fatten them up for his little turtle stew, which he actually did. Was it good? I didn't taste it. I ain't eating that shit. Why? I thought snapping turtles have, like, shitload of diseases. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Like, I think you're supposed That's to reasonable. eat, like, certain turtles, not just random shit turtles you find in the Iowa rivers. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, that <laughs> but makes sense. But it's really Josh. <laughs> but it's Josh, so... And he's fine. Yeah, he's... He's perfectly fine. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> Quote, unquote, fine. <laughs> and now, number six. The sturgeon. Ooh. This is the one that I think is the most likely culprit mm-hmm. for misidentification. <clears throat> now, they don't grow to be 20 or 30 feet long, but they do grow to be well over 10 feet long. Uh, sure. And if you go about 30, 40 miles north of where we are in St. Paul, uh, there's St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, there's a big dam. My grandpa actually used to fish, a very loose term, for sturgeons <laughs> up just below the dam, or maybe it was just above the dam, but the way he'd do it is he would take his truck that had a winch on the front, he'd take a pitchfork, kind of bend it into fucking hooks, put meat on it, and just fucking chuck it in and be like, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, and he'd awesome. reel it up. And, like, I've my dad has told me about some of the sturgeon he pulled up from there because they're very good eating. They're just Hell hard yeah. as shit to clean. Hell but, yeah. Sturgeon is no, so it's like, good. No, we... 
He's like, your grandpa legit brought home like a fucking thirteen foot sturgeon <laughs> multiple times. Was Isn't he, that practice? So, and you know, granted, that's further north, but still, those fish can flow down. They can oh, yeah. grow to just as big a size as because it's the exact same conditions. Certainly, sturgeon. What sturgeon? What they get caviar from? Yep, that's where mm. the world's finest comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm. Those so are Russian sturgeon. So your grandpa is a caviar poacher. No, my <laughs> my grandpa was just like, here's a shitload of meat. Yeah. Your grandpa is Russian. <laughs> no, but. Another reason why these could very well be mistaken for a monster, especially in the early days, is they have very dinosaur-esque looks. Mm-hmm. They're fucking terrifying fish. And they don't fucking die. Now, the only curveball in this is sturgeon are bottom feeders. They do not come to the surface very often but at that all. Tracks. That tracks. It does track. But two sightings within a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. And yeah. this is two different sturgeon, but then again, <clears throat> that's the only loophole I can find in sturgeon. Sure. You guys ever uh, seen that sturgeon at uh, it's the Chicago Aquarium? And the fucker's like 90-some years old. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. No. Dude, they're, they're fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, they don't fucking die, yeah. dude. <laughs> you know, and something else that it could be that... Is causing all oh, these sightings. Number seven. Don Rickles. Oh, no, it's not an animal. Fuck. I didn't put it in here because I got so sick of fucking typing this shit from <laughs> reading the book. <laughs> Psychological suggestion. Mm-hmm. You, there is no actual scientific, like evidence or anything like that that proves that it's real. Mm-hmm. But I think we can all agree that the more you're told that something is real and something's out there, especially if you are into this kind of shit like I am, mm. you are very subject to see those things. Certainly. Like, your mind want will see what it wants to see. And that's another possibility with, like, all of the native tales and everything like that being passed down for, you know, 150 years, 160 Certainly. years. Well, I, I think at the root of, let's say, a lot of the native legends... Clearly, they're probably developed to just scare children not to go swimming in there. Oh, absolutely. Like or, the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, like, Bigfoot's probably to be like, don't go in the woods by yourself, sure. yada, yada, yada. Sure. Okay. But I they also I, had a better connection to the land and everything than yeah, we did. Yeah. I, okay, now, I thought Peppy looked more like Nessie. Yes. Right? That's what it is. It's uh, not like a long serpent. Or is it the long serpent? All the sightings are long serpents. Yeah. I like if you go around there Only two of them are like the hunched creature like Nessie is. If if you go like when you're gonna go there, a lot of their tourist shit over there, they all have them looking like Nessie. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's like why that I was one confused. dinosaur that has like the four fins, the fat mm-hmm. body and the giraffe neck. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool story though. Dude. Yeah. I re- uh, it's I re- fun. I remember on Instagram, they had some guy posted like the U.S. and then they had each state's like, uh, whatever creature. Yep. They didn't have Peppy on there, and I was very upset. So I had to write a comment on there saying, "This they need Peppy on that motherfucker." Did they rectify? No. Wow. Well, it was uh, some guy posting a meme or whatever from somewhere else, but they had everything else but Peppy on there. Lame. Yeah. Lame. No Jordan. respect. Yes. Jordan, fantastic directorial debut. Great. Thank you. I I hope all the listeners just enjoyed this lighter, more fun story. I know I did. I, I got know. I got hyped as fuck that I didn't have to hear about like dismemberment and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, I mean, you know, I've got my own criticisms about it, but you know, I think it went pretty well. I want to believe. I do. I too. do too. I think gentlemen, we all do. Gentlemen, thank you so much on this glorious special episode of the Mumblebutt Podcast. As always, email us. Tell us about Lake Pepin <laughs> and Peppy the Monster. Or tell us about any other cryptozoological things you would like me to cover. Tell us about your local monsters, and oh. Jordan will look into them. Yes. And here we go, boys. Uh, email us, yeah, bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter is at bumblebuttpod. Facebook and Instagram Bumblebutt Podcast. Hit us up on both of those. Definitely Instagram, though. That's that's where uh, Cody churns out the most content. Yep. We're going to skip iTunes reviews since we've done it already right. on our Sunday show. Nobody wants to hear that. Not again. No. So, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, everybody, everybody enjoy your Tuesday unless it's the weekend. Home was mad money and these mad hits, mad
so damn fly. Rich flick on that dumb bitch, billion dollar shit, you really